0: Hello.
1: Hello. So what do you think people have in store for this one?
0: It's interesting because years ago I lived across from the Yankee Stadium and the players, some of them anyway, lived on the block. They got paid very little. I'm reading a little book now about Serena Williams. She's got fashion, brand, I mean, so many things going on. But I'm wondering if each athlete needs their own narrative.
1: Yeah, JR's saying that now every football player coming into the NFL has to build their own brand. Why
0: would he be focusing on football players instead of baseball, basketball?
1: I mean, he was a football player. I know. You know, so I think he has a lot of connections in that realm.
0: Mm-hmm. It's a fascinating concept that he's tackling.
1: Was that a pun?
0: Oh, <laughs> not intended.
1: This is The Bigger Narrative, I'm Andy Raskin. Before COVID, I used to lead monthly workshops in San Francisco. The people who typically came weren't the VC-backed CEOs I usually work with, but very early stage founders, sometimes with barely a business plan. I really loved working with people at that stage and missed it. So six months into lockdowns, when my guest JR Tolva reached out about crafting a narrative for his new service for pro athletes, I jumped at the chance. Picked in the fifth round of the NFL draft by the Miami Dolphins in 2003, JR told me that when rookies enter the NFL, their agents typically introduce them to financial advisors who help them invest their contract earnings. JR founded his company, he calls it The Athlete LLC, to help players do more than that to think of themselves and operate as a business so they can build and monetize their own brands. Yet,
0: as simple as that may sound, it's difficult because pre-draft rookies have a lot of people that are helping them. They have a sports agent, financial advisor, they have their mom and their dad. And so for me, it was very important to create a narrative that worked for the start of the conversation to kind of level set everybody and it's been great i've had conversations with sports agents with financial advisors with players with parents and the frontline narrative has really been having an impact
1: everyone's going to want to hear what the narrative is uh before we get to that maybe you could give a sense of what led you to start this company
0: so I, i'm actually a business advisor i work with a lot of small businesses helping them protect and produce more revenue i'm also a former nfl player And so I realized a couple of years ago that NFL players are themselves small businesses. That's actually something that the NFL teaches and the NFL PA teaches.
1: PA is the Players
0: Association. Yep, but what is not necessarily taught is how do I operate as a business? And so from an NFL player perspective, you ask me, well, what is their business? Their business is the pursuit of name, image, and likeness revenue. It is a way to produce income through appearances, through endorsements, through signings, through all the things that celebrities get paid for to be a part of.
1: What did you see as the pushback that a narrative would have to overcome?
0: A player comes into money. We look at that player as a rich, Person. We don't look at the player as a high revenue generating business. We look at him as a rich employee. And so the biggest pushback is reteaching the market to understand that this player, based off of his situation, is not a high income earning employee. He's actually a high revenue business. That's the challenge, because right now the the ecosystem is set up to support players from personal financial management, but not business financial management.
1: So what is the strategic narrative that you've been telling? uh, What are you saying to these people to kind of do that reteaching that you're talking about?
0: It used to be that players and their team would only focus on personal financial management. But today, the smartest players are understanding that creating an off-the-field business plan that runs alongside their on-the-field income and signing bonus is the best way to approach their situation. Essentially, the business of me. How do I use my name, image, and likeness to generate off-the-field revenue in the way that a business would do the same thing because there's off the field revenue opportunities for every player. I mean, look at TikTok, YouTube, if they're on an NFL roster, doesn't matter if they're the first pick or if they just barely made the team by the skin of their teeth.
1: I really like this business of me framing that you came up with for naming what I'll call the new game. Because it really is like you're saying that the player has to start thinking about how to monetize, really create a brand for themselves and around themselves. And there hasn't been anyone really specifically to help them with that.
0: Traditionally, athletes are in a powerless position where they're waiting for brands to pursue them. So I wait for Nike to pursue me. But what about if I want to sign a deal with the local coffee shop in the neighborhood that I grew up in? And so you can now invest into the growth of your business. So for example, what if you hired a social media manager to help you build your brand? What if you use that money to create a website? And a logo and started distributing your brand and your brand desires to businesses that you want to work with. That is the difference between being an athlete who just sits back and waits for brands to pursue you as opposed to creating the business of me.
1: One of the really persuasive parts of a strategic narrative is when we can show that there are winners who are already playing this new game. Are there shining examples of players who are already building the business of me? I mean, there's the Tom Brady's of the world who are, that's a different category, but are there other players who are in more than like what you call the median ranks who are starting to do this stuff? Tom
0: Brady is a great example because if you look at his TB12 brand, he's really been able to build that off the field brand alongside his playing career. Now, Tom Brady also has made a ton of money. He's arguably the greatest football player of all time. So he had a little bit more wiggle room in terms of having the resources to kind of set this up along the way. Um, but I look at a guy like Mike Tobert. You know, Mike Tobert was an undrafted free agent out of Coastal Carolina, who played for San Diego Chargers and the Buffalo Bills. And Mike did a great job while he was playing of becoming a businessman along the way. Now, granted, Mike Tolbert ended up playing 10 plus years, but he had a barbershop. He started a trucking company. He was doing some things that were allowing him to build his off the field business assets while his playing career was going. I do believe that this eventually will turn into a movement. And the reason is now name, image, and likeness has begun to trickle down to college so that when they get to the NFL, they would have already had two, three, four, five years of experience operating as a business. So I think there's going to be a big time movement that's going to happen within the next 10 years or so.
1: I love how you say movement because that's really what I think the strategic narrative is about, you know, like defining the the movement that we're looking to create, and in your case, the business of me. Um, I know you're just getting started, but uh, I know you already have one really big client.
0: Yeah, I'm actually working with a former player right now who is a pretty big TV star.
1: Akbar Bajabiamila
0: played for the Raiders uh, and is currently the host of American Ninja Warrior
1: which is my son's favorite show. He's a huge Akbar fan.
0: He didn't proactively use his name, image, and likeness while he was in the NFL to pursue off-the-field opportunities. But as soon as he retired from the NFL, he used the fact that he played in the NFL to generate the interest to get him on TV. And now that he's on TV, I've helped him create a system around his name, image, and likeness operations that's attracting more off-the-field, (laughs) off-camera revenue for him that he wouldn't have achieved otherwise.
1: When we started working together, you were just about to go out and pitch rookies coming into the NFL. One of the things we worked on in your story was also trying to get clear on the stakes. Not only that there's this shift, in your case, into the business of me, but that it's also life and death urgent. You shared what winning looks like when you adopt a business of me mindset, you know, players like Mike Tolbert. What about losing if you don't? 78%
0: of NFL players after they retire from the NFL file bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's all systematic. It can be designed in a way that players do not fall Mm -hmm. into that trap. And so my entire goal is to educate guys pre draft I work with guys from January to April, before they get paid, before they know where they're gonna go, before they know where they're gonna get drafted, just so that they can start wrapping their head around understanding what it means to bifurcate themselves as a person, as a business. It might take 10 years, it might take 50 years, but by doing that, players will come into the league with the right mindset, And also with a a tangible execution plan that allows us to start reducing uh, that stat that says most guys are going to be in financial hardship when they leave the NFL.
1: So we're recording this a few months before people actually hear it. And you've just pitched your first group of incoming rookies. And you told me it's working because you see all the people around the table start kind of nodding their heads. That's the same thing I hear from CEOs who are selling to really big companies.
0: Yeah, it makes it makes total sense. The problem, I think, is exactly the same, which is you have all of these different departments. A player has a financial advisor. They have an accountant. They have a parent, they have their own desires, right? So how do we take all of those different silos? How do you get everybody on the same page? And so what I've tried to do is create a story that everybody can wrap their head around. And when I tell that story, I have physically seen the wheels start turning in people's head. I've seen them start nodding their heads and shaking their heads, and it's been great, man. It's been awesome.
1: Really curious to hear how it goes with this group of players. So can we maybe check back maybe in the next uh, season of the podcast and talk about how it's going?
0: Yeah, that would be awesome. You know, You and I, we put this strategic narrative together in October of 2020, and without this narrative, I don't think I would have been able to make as much headway as fast as I have in this very fragmented market. And so I I assume that the next time you and I speak uh, will be a thousand steps ahead of, of where we were today.
1: As you can imagine, it's been incredibly fun and rewarding to work with JR on his narrative. As I said during our conversation, we recorded that chat when he had just sent out his pitches to rookies, and he recently reached out to me with an update. He signed his first client, a second round pick, in the 2021 NFL Draft. Way to go, JR. The Bigger Narrative is produced and edited by me, Andy Raskin, with music by Steven Emerson and podcast cover art by Angela May Chin. Carla Borelli inspired the show by telling me I should do it over coffee. Thanks to J.R. Tolver. Special thanks also to Judy Raskin, Emily Raskin, Leanne Levensailer, Cody Lee, Victoria Zenoff, and Carol Wasserman. And remember, the company's story is the company's strategy.